Welcome to the Higher Ed Retire Podcast with your host, Greg Shepard. Greg is a fee-only financial advisor who specializes in helping those in higher education to take control of their retirement. Since 2001, Greg has helped employees all over the country make the most of their retirement plans. Hey there, folks. Greg Shepard here, and welcome back to Higher Ed Retire Podcast. I tell you what, today... I'm going to be talking about something a little outside the box. Okay, it's going to be disability insurance. I can already see everyone's eyes glazing over and your, your, your finger at the, at the radio or on your iPhone looking to change podcasts, but hang tight with me here. Okay, now a lot of you out there may already have this benefit offered to you through your employer, or you may have it automatically after you've surpassed a certain eligibility date through your employer. And probably a decent bet is that most of you listening don't know if you have it or not, or even what disability insurance entails, which is perfectly normal. You know, welcome to the majority of everyone's knowledge, most people's knowledge, regarding disability insurance. Now, before we begin, I'll let those know that don't already know that I do have a fee-only financial planning firm based here in Kansas City. We do have offices, a couple offices, elsewhere, but home bases in Kansas City. We do specialize in helping those in higher education navigate their retirement plans. Been doing so for, man, 18 years, 17 years, Uh, which in most cases, you know, our financial planning does extend beyond just normal investing in your 403Bs, 457s, or 401As, as is the case today as we talk about disability insurance, which of course is outside of the investment management process. But it is important to discuss in this case, disability insurance, when it comes to retirement planning to make sure you have a holistic picture when that time comes. So during this podcast, I'm going to generally speak about disability insurance, which, by the way, like a lot of different kinds of insurance, will impact probably very few of you over the course of your life, which is a good thing. But if something awful does happen, it's great to have this financial benefit to you, uh, benefit for you, to help you, and of course your family as well. Okay, the fun topic of disability insurance, also commonly referred to as long-term disability. You know, it's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty fairly, a fairly simple concept. Generally speaking, a base policy, what that's going to do, it's, it's going to pay you a certain amount of money per month, given the fact that, of course, you've had some sort of debilitating illness or accident or, or maybe a qualifying illness or accident. And you'll continue to get those payments until you reach uh, the age of retirement. So we're looking around, you know, 66, somewhere around that age. You know, that's about the simplest way I, I can explain it. However, of course, like all insurance out there, it can get a little trickier and stickier than that. So we're going to dive a little deep and unpack some of those nuances. So I tell you what, let me start out with um, an honest, real, true life story. How about that? Or an example that actually happened to one of my clients. Gosh, it's been not that long ago, maybe a couple years ago, around there. Of course, he will remain nameless, but I'll go ahead and call him uh, Gary. Let's call him Gary. So Gary was uh, maybe in his high 50s or 60-ish years old around there. Not very old. Gary was in pretty good health as far as I knew. You know, he was a pretty good client. You know, we went out to lunch here and there, um, took him out for his birthday and every now and again to lunch. Knew his wife. His wife would always come along as well. Had his extended family, a couple of them, as clients as well. So what I'm getting at here is that 
if Gary had some sort of major health issue, odds are I would have known about it either from him or one of his family members. It would just come up in conversation. So Gary was a full-time tenure professor and basically was just simply walking across campus to go to his next class and he collapsed. Now, medically speaking, I'm not going to pretend to know the exact diagnosis and I usually just leave it up to my clients if these kinds of things happen to share with me what happened or not and which in this case I was just told he collapsed and it was left at that. It wasn't a heart attack or anything like that that I uh, I found out but something you know basically something upstairs just misfired okay it's one of those deals in the head and that's about the extent of my medical diagnosis for this particular case. Ambulance was called the whole nine yards. So it was a very, you know, it was a very serious issue here. Anyways, as you can imagine, he wasn't able to work. Luckily, sometime prior to that, we had talked about his disability insurance that he had through his employer, which he was already automatically enrolled, unbeknownst to him, mind you. But after we discussed it, I went ahead and dug into the plan and talked to him into opting for the stepped up option which basically means he just got more coverage. And the reason we did that, it was a shockingly, he got the stepped up uh, coverage at a shockingly discounted price. Okay, I'm not gonna get into the details because every uh, university is gonna have a different kind of benefit regarding and surrounding disability uh, insurance. So we'll just leave it at that. You know, you, you, you do wanna look into uh, that stepped up option if it's afforded to you. So after the accident, we had to go through, as you can imagine, a lot of red tape and there is, an, there is an elimination period as well, which basically just a fancy word of, a uh, fancy way of saying waiting period, okay? You have to go through a waiting period after a qualifying event, as this was. Uh, long story short, he ended up getting around 70% of his salary around there paid monthly to him. Now, of course, this is one of those cases where having disability insurance really helped out. And like I mentioned before, most of you listening out there, thankfully, will never, 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 never need this. But if you do, man, it's it's a financial savior, to say the least. Here's a quick stat. I read off the old, uh, the old inter- interweb. Around 350,000 people per year declare bankruptcy due to an illness or injury. Remember, there's a greater risk of suffering a debilitating event more so than dying. Did I say that right? So, yeah, there's a greater risk of suffering a debilitating event Um, rather than dying. And let me be the first to tell you, the hardest thing to do regarding this topic, disability insurance, is just to get up and get going on it. It's kind of like all insurance. You know the old adage, here's air quotes here, do as I say and not as I do. Reason I bring this up is that yours truly, Greg Shepard here, doesn't have disability insurance, which is both a little embarrassing and irresponsible at the same time. It's actually difficult for me to even hear myself say this. It's one of those things that I know I need and needed um, this for, you know, I've been thinking about it for, gosh, well, actually exactly six years. Why do you, why six years, you ask? Well, that's because I have a six-year-old daughter, and she is the light of my life, and to make things even worse, my wife stays home. Not That's not worse, but financially speaking, to make things worse, my wife stays at home and doesn't Uh, have an income coming in. That's what I mean by uh, making things even worse. So I'm the sole financial provider, and if something were to happen to me, there's a real good chance I'd be part of that statistic regarding bankruptcies I spoke about earlier. Okay, just saying that out loud, uh, rest assured, 
I'm going to have disability insurance personally. I'll have a policy in my hands by the end of the year. Bank on it, okay? And so for, for all of you out there, the hardest part is to get up and do it. Like I said, I've been thinking about it for um, quite a while. I just, <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is. Just being lazy, lack of motivation is kind of boring stuff. Um, like most things dealing with insurance, but you have to get up and go do it, okay? It is important. So moving on here, one positive of this recent COVID pandemic is that insurance companies, they've changed various things surrounding disability insurance. So let me explain here. And I'll, I'll, I'll try and give you a few examples of what I'm talking about. So first, insurance carriers, they've extended grace periods for premiums, okay? This really isn't too big of a deal or some grandiose olive branch they're extending since you've probably seen a lot of Various companies do similar things around this area, you know, extending uh, grace per periods with payments. Second, insurance companies have relaxed medical requirements and have gone more to the, the phone interview. If you're not familiar with the phone interview, it's not really too hard to explain. It is, as the words say, it's a phone interview. However, from, from what I understand, even even though carriers are utilizing that phone interview more, those phone interviews have become more extensive. I can't lend to any uh, experience there. Um, I just what I'm, uh, this is just what I'm told. Third, carriers are using more EMRs, okay? EMRs stand for electronic medical records, which makes sense because of the technolo technological advancements we've made over the years. Um, companies can rely more on those EMRs. Okay, so now I've been told, and I, I've read the sa very same thing here recently, that this moment in time may be the best time in recent memorable history to apply for disability insurance just due to this COVID pandemic. You know, in, in the insurance world, as you can imagine, changes of this kind of nature, you know, like the, like the examples I just spoke about, may take five, 10 years to implement. I've seen these changes occur within a few months. So they're moving, the wheels are turning uh, rapidly during this environment. You could easily say that this is a buyer's market for disability insurance. One of the carriers that seems to be ahead of the curve, uh, there's a carrier out there named Guardian. Now remember, I don't promote Guardian or any other company. Heck, I don't even sell insurance. So keep that in mind if or when I do mention specific companies in this podcast. But Guardian, uh, they seem to, to come up a lot when I hear about disability insurance and the advancements and kind of being ahead of the curve in this industry. Okay, moving on here. Disability insurance can be, uh, let's say, unique in the insurance world because if you do, if you were to get declined by one carrier, most likely you're going to get declined by all carriers. That's just the way it works. They all seem to be uh, in cahoots with each other in that regard. This isn't necessarily true like when you go get something like life insurance. You might get uh, declined by company X, but company Y might pick you up. Your rates might be a little higher, but you, you, you still have a good chance of getting picked up. If you have some sort of a health issue, like let's say diabetes, it's imperative that either you or a qualified insurance broker knows here in quotes here, the hot button or hot issues that company X is looking for. So hopefully you see what I'm saying here. It, it, like if you have diabetes, you know, you want to try and stay away from carriers that see that as a non-starter. It's extremely important you get this correct right out of the gate, the very first time. So with that said, if you don't have this benefit afforded to you through your employer, it may make a lot of sense to get some help in finding a good carrier for your situation, like a good qualified insurance broker. 
Okay, so speaking of diabetes, there's, there's actually a few health conditions that, well, most likely would preclude someone to be approved for disability insurance. A couple examples of these just off the top of my head uh, would be the type 2 diabetes and uh, HIV, HIV positive. Those are the top, top two that come to, come to mind. Actually, you know, now that I say that, the theme of this, I'll go back to there, there may not be a better time to take a shot at getting uh, disability insurance, even with some of these pre-existing conditions. Some of these are non-starters, but, but if you have some sort of health issue that, uh, you know, don't let me dissuade you from looking, okay? I certainly want to do that. I certainly wouldn't want to do that. So let's transition a little bit here. Uh, one thing while I'm thinking about it is that some carriers are going to offer you, offer anyone, what's called an off-anniversary increase. What I mean by that is most times you'll have the option of increasing your benefit at your policy anniversary date. A little no fact is that if you're interested in increasing your benefit prior to the anniversary date, give your carrier a call as they may approve that request. Where in the past, that option just really didn't happen too much and, it, and uh, wasn't really available. Okay, so let's move on to premiums. So one thing I've been asked before uh, surrounding premiums is there a difference in rates for males and females? Well, the answer is yes. So if we go over to life insurance, okay, life insurance, typically men do get charged more because actuarially we will die first. Sorry, guys. But for disability insurance, you females out there tend to get charged more. Why, you ask? Well, statistically, there's just more claims surrounding female health issues. So for example, there's there's just health risks associated with women that that men just don't have. I think we all understand this. So one that comes to mind, um, giving birth and some of the possible problems that can come of that, of course. Of course, you're not seeing too many men give birth. So that should, I mean, all this should make sense to everybody. It's, it's, it's kind of common sense. So now carriers, they've, they've certainly evolved in the sense that some do provide what's called unisex rates. You'll actually find this more in group coverage, where it makes just a lot more sense, a lot more people uh, in a group. In these group policies, it tends to be more favorable from a premium standpoint for women than it is for men. Now, if you're a female out there listening and, you're, and your uh, employer doesn't offer disability insurance, you need to find a carrier that offers these unisex rates for the very, very reason I just spoke about. Your rates should be a little cheaper if you combine those unisex rates versus just going out and get a female rate. Just a quick FYI, even if your employer does offer disability insurance, keep in mind that group policies, uh, they just typically don't offer the best kind of coverage. Now, most likely the coverage your employer provides is probably going to be sufficient for your case, but please just make sure you know what that coverage is in case you'd like to go out and get some supplemental coverage. Okay, The more knowledge you have, uh, just the better. Also, just like with life insurance, the younger and healthy you, healthier you are, the better the rates. One advantage of getting a disability policy while you're young is that you get a guaranteed right to increase your benefit without any medical checks. That's a huge perk. Let me say that again. You get a guaranteed right to increase your benefit without any medical checks. So explain a different way. If you were to get diagnosed with cancer a year or so after you received your policy, you're good, okay, and you're covered. Now, oddly enough, I've had some questions um, 
regarding disability insurance from those residing over there in California on the West Coast. So let's talk about California for just a bit. Uh, those that live there or maybe maybe more apropos looking to move over there to California maybe for a job change or just kind of tired of the winters in the Midwest like I get in January. Actually, this uh, it's going to be better information for those looking to move over there uh, sometime shortly. So not sure if this is going to be a surprise to anyone out there, but California is just terrible for anything that is insurance-related and disability insurance is not exempt from that statement. Now, don't get me wrong. I love California, but awful for insurance. The regulatory environment over there is just heightened to levels that just not seen anywhere else in the country. With all the bureaucracy and, and red tape surrounding that state um, and the insurance industry, you know, to put it in ways we can all understand, it takes probably around two years longer roughly two years longer to get specific policies approved in California than it would in just about any other state in the country. And more expensive to boot. But speaking of expensive, you know, one of the reasons it's more expensive out there is that there's just more claims in California. It's about as simple as it gets. You know, obviously it's a very large state. And for one reason or another, there's just more claims occurring over there in California. I don't know, more bike riding, skateboarding, rollerblading, um, you name it. It's probably attributed to uh, all these claims. So for those, you know, maybe looking to move to California soon or at any point, which I realize it's going to be a very few of you out there listening, you must look to get approved for disability in which the state you currently reside with a carrier that's going to honor your current state's rates and not transfer over to California rates. That's imperative. That's why I emphasize that statement. It could be a massive difference in rates, okay? So there's there's companies, like I mentioned, that will honor, uh, if you're here in the state of Kansas, uh, they will honor Kansas rates once you move over to California. That's a big, big deal. Okay, lastly, um, I know this has been thrilling for everybody out there listening. Um, I'm going to finish up with writers, okay? So I believe everything I've talked about uh, in this podcast basically is a construct of just a base policy for, you know, for time's sake. What I'll do is give you my opinion on two essential riders that I've written down here and two optional, uh, optional riders that I have written down as well. If you're not familiar with what a rider is, it's pretty simple. A rider is just something you, I guess, I guess you tack on to a base policy to increase a certain uh, angle of coverage, I guess, of course, for a price. Everything costs. Okay, since all riders do cost money, uh, extra costs, it's it's very important to know what riders are essential slash important. You know, for the most part, riders aren't going to serve you much good. They're just ways for uh, agents to increase their commissions for the most part, okay? So let's get into a couple of these, in my opinion, essential slash uh, important riders. Okay, the first one, it's called the own occupation rider. Okay, I seems, I've heard some fancy agents call it ONOC, rider. <laughs> I guess that just sounds cooler. Uh, some base policies are going to go ahead and have this built in, and others you're going to need to request this. Okay, so basically this feature, let's see. So this feature is going to pay a full benefit if you're unable to perform the majority of your occupational duties, regardless if you can still get another job. Okay, I think this rider is a must. So make sure we understand this. Uh, you get hurt you can't perform the majority of your work, your occupational duties. Here's the key word. Regardless 
if you can still get another job, okay? You're still going to get that full benefit payment. Like I said, I think this one's a must. Okay, in my opinion, the other uh, essential slash important rider, it's going to be the, the partial disability, a.k.a. recovery or maybe residual. Uh, those are all pretty much synonyms when it comes to disability insurance. Now, Guardian recently put out some findings that around 70%, I'm reading, I'm reading this here, that about uh, 70% of all claims fall under this partial disability provision. That makes a lot of sense, in my head at least. As a writer name implies, your disability would be something that impacts you in a way that you're only able to perform some of your duties, whatever that entails, whatever those duties are. So, you know, most policies are going to be all or nothing, okay? You either get hurt and you can't perform your functions at all, or you just don't qualify and your policy is, is deemed worthless in that case. So with this rider, if your pay gets reduced due to some sort of disability, your policy would make up the difference in pay as to make your income whole again. Okay, so now let's, let's move on to a couple optional riders. These two riders, in my mind, are optional. Uh, don't hate them, don't love them. Uh, not essential, but they can certainly provide an, an advantage in some scenarios. So the first one, you got the COLA feature. Okay, for those of you that don't know what COLA is, it's not a soft drink. Well, it is a soft drink, but in this case, it stands for a cost of living adjustment. Basically, each anniversary date, you're looking at a bump up in benefit payments to keep up with inflation. So without getting a lot into the weeds here, I believe this, you know, this may be an okay feature if you're under the age of about mid-40s, I'd say. If older than around 45-ish, feature may not make a lot of sense and could actually get quite expensive for you. The other optional rider, in my opinion, not essential, optional, is the catastrophic rider. So the insurance carrier would increase monthly payments with this rider to you if you were unable to perform two out of the three ADLs. Uh, ADLs, again, if you're not familiar, basically bathing and grooming type of actions, okay? Cognitive actions. However, statistically speaking, very, very, very few policyholders trigger or enact this rider. There's just not many of these types of claims out there. Not really entirely sure the added premium, in this case for the catastrophic rider, is really worth it here. But I tell you what, on the flip side, uh, do you really want to be that person that does have some sort of accident that would qualify for this type of claim just to save a few bucks? So piggybacking on that, a few bucks in this case is going to be about about 3% increase in premiums, which isn't, you know, isn't really too much. So there are a few things to think about when it comes to riders uh, to add on to your base policy if you'd like to do so. Okay, that pretty much wraps up things here. Hey, I, I appreciate everybody hanging in there today. I know it's not the most exciting topic, but but an important topic nonetheless. Remember what I said earlier when I said the hardest thing about disability insurance is really acting upon it, going out there and getting things done, doing some research and just get going. Hopefully, you know, this podcast can help kickstart that process for you. You know, make it a goal maybe by the end of the year. You know, everyone's uh, not everyone, but we just kind of got out of lockdown. So maybe some of you don't have much to do right now. Um, make make disability insurance one of those priorities. I'll also remind you that my firm, SNA Financial Services, we help those in higher education navigate their retirement plans. So don't hesitate to contact me 
if you have some questions regarding uh, insurance or maybe your retirement plan in general. You can go ahead and find my contact information on my podcast website, which is www.higheredretire.com. All right, folks, this is Greg Shepard from Higher Ed Retire telling you to take control of your retirement today. Thanks for listening to the Higher Ed Retire podcast. Just because this episode is over doesn't mean you can't continue your retirement journey. Please visit www.higheredretire.com to see how you can work with Greg or to simply ask him a question. Thanks again. S&A Financial Services is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.